This episode is brought to you by Caps, the home of headwear. Although, if you think they're just doing headwear, you've got it wrong. If you've been tuning into the show, you would have seen my Larry Bird vintage Mitchell and Ness t-shirt. You would have seen my Charlotte Hornets hoodie. They've got it all. So if you want to go find your perfect hat or your perfect hoodie in this winter, head online now, www.caps.com.au and check it out. This podcast is also brought to you by Rick's Eyewear, eyewear that inspires confidence. Speaking of confidence, I can tell you right now you'll be really confident in getting an absolute Barry bargain. Rick's are currently running an end of season sale up to 60% off. Let me say that again, up to 60% off clearance sale. Sunglasses going from $40. Head online now at rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Five days only. Righto, let's get into the show. Oh, we're back in the rolling media van. We've got some royalty in the house today. <laughs> We've got our, uh, our great man. Actually, this is your third podcast now. We've got Rory the Rat Atkins back. Second, man. Second. But yeah, thanks for having me. Second. So, <laughs> so he's done more podcasts than played games this year. We start not long ago. Oh, oh, here we are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not that enough, I can mate. talk, but then we've got royalty on the other side and a first time of the debut, the skipper of the Melbourne Storm, Christian Welsh. Welcome to the podcast, yeah, mate. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Now, boys, we must start because I didn't get the chance to go out there and play golf today, but you two did. And I haven't asked you yet how you went. I wanted to hold it in. Start with you, Christian. How'd you go today on the course? It was my first hit since tearing my Achilles, so 13 weeks um, and... <laughs> It felt like I had played for 13 weeks. Sorry, excuses. My, um, <laughs> hearing. Off Look, the I love golf, but <laughs> excuses, my, uh, my, yeah. my ability doesn't match my ego, so it's kind of it's depressing. <laughs> so what you hit? No, we played best ball. I still played terrible, but um, yeah, lost a bit of cash. That's so, great. Yeah. It's good to see you back out in the course, though. We'll talk about that injury update soon. Rat, how did you hit him? Yeah, I'll start off with an excuse as well. I hadn't played in about six months, <laughs> mate, so... Um, <laughs> 25 points off 18. So yeah. it was good front nine, good front nine, come off even. Uh, yeah, 18 points. And then, yeah, fatigue. Fatigue's a big issue on the footy field at the minute and on, and on the golf course. So. That's all right, mate. We all have those kind of ruts. But uh, we're just having a laugh off field, uh, off the uh, podcast there. The big fella walking through the airport, you would have thought he was on tour there, big fella. He had the golf bag. He had the, the works, bag. mate. Yeah, definition of all the gear. No uh, idea, mate. But you got to look the part if you're not going to hit him well. What so. sticks are you boys using? I've got to, got to look after the Puma brand, so... You get the, you get the freebies, don't you? Anyone with Puma? Yeah, the Cobras, they're good. They go well. Not that I hit them well. They look good, though. I've got the copper ones. What are your um, strengths? When you're, when you're both up and going, what's your strengths? Because you're a big boy. I'm guessing that you my smoke chat. it. No, no, it's my chat. Yeah, it's not wearing the golf. That's... Um, it's weird. When you, like, I live with a bloke who plays for the Rebels, Brad Wilkin, he's a member at Spring Valley, and all the Rebels boys, it's... At the storm, it's a bit more savage. It's a bit more like I'll celebrate if one of the boys has a bad shot more than when I have a good shot. But you know, when I play with play with the rebels boys, it's all about like, oh, what's your highest score that you you know Stableford score, and it's just a bit a bit boring, I think. But yeah. I think I'm, we'd play. It. I think we'd enjoy this. I've, you've got a story, I'm actually. You I'm glad you brought this up. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's he like? You're like, oh, oh mate, I'm tell glad us he brought this up. So um, playing with the boys, like they're. We're not that great at the great at the Suns. Well, we've got a few good ones, but it's more about the golf etiquette. Like as Roger's saying, like at the Rebels, like they just like playing. You know, like righto, you go first. You had the best. You had the best shot um, on that last. Oh, hole. Real so serious. You, yeah, you can start mm. us off, mate. So anyway, we're going to have our first hit a while back, probably two or so years ago. And anyway, righto, mate. What's on this? I don't know. Whatever, mate. Like we'll feed. Righto, we shake on it. And I'm just up to the tee halfway through my first backswing. Mate, I nearly fell over. I no, couldn't believe it. No, I wouldn't do that. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that, is, that is the lowest of lows <laughs> in golf. Man, I wouldn't do that. You knew it as no. well. And then as soon as it started to get, like I was about three shots up with three to go, he knew it was, it was just getting out of his grasp. He stopped it for 10 holes because I cracked it. And then as soon as it started to heat up again, Meow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wouldn't want to be over there, would you, Rat? Yeah, that is great. shocking. Uh, the Rat did go to water that day. So. Oh, he, he does. You're only as good as your last game, mate. Oh, that's who owes the feed now? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, we're going to organise a big golf day. Um, I'm thinking that the AFL Grand Final. When's the the the, the, the your Grand Final will be similar? So yeah, maybe, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Yeah. So fuck that won't work for you because you boys will be around the mark, but you'll be right. 
Were no, they no, no, they're joking, mate. Were they were following the boys? <laughs> no, but everyone out there wants to pick a date. I think that's going to be hard for athletes. But the, there's a public holiday down here on the Friday, so we we'll have to get Busy. everyone involved. And clutching car, you were just saying you need some uh, some golf gear. So, Tommy boy, if you're listening or watching, make sure you got size XXL, maybe triple XL for the big yep. boy. Yep, big boy season. Let's go. <laughs> Prop kitchen. Let's get into it. How's the um? How's the body, mate? Because it was devastating early on to see what happened. But uh, how are you tracking? Yeah, going right, going right. Um, yeah, I think about twelve weeks post-op, and it's just very slow. It's a very. I've done two ACLs as well, so I've kind of I've done a fair few long-term injuries, but this one's been more of a. Uh, mentally, it's been a lot tougher, just because the nature of the rehab. Um, but getting there slowly, and aiming to hopefully get back at the end of the year, and. I mean, th- that's given me a bit of hope and positivity, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty tough at the moment. Yeah, mate, geez, you fucking, you've been through the wars, like two ACLs and then this, it's, it's, um, I'd only just spoke to Johnny Patton recently and he's had three ACLs. So it's, why are you saying the Achilles is harder? Like, was the ACL just an easier rehab or? Um, yeah. So like when you get the ACL, you kind of, you have the op and then, then you kind of, you have your ups and downs, but you can progress it. Um, whereas Achilles have the op. And then for the first two weeks, literally told just to elevate and get off my feet. So I'll just lie down for two weeks to, you know, heal it and reduce swelling. And then you got to let it heal for another six weeks. So you get to eight weeks of doing nothing. Uh, your calf's gone backwards. And it's pretty hard to lose a calf when you don't have a calf, but I've done it. Um, <laughs> so like for eight weeks, you can't touch it. So, you know, like ACL, as soon as you have the op, you can, you can progress. Whereas the Achilles, you go backwards. And then it's kind of like... Every um, every day or week of muscle you lose, it takes twice as long to get it back. So it's just such a grind doing the same exercises. Um, and then also to make it even more complex, you can't just get on with it. Like if you work it too hard, you'll stretch the Achilles um, and then you can't get that elasticity back. So it's you got to work it and try and be aggressive with it. But also if you overstretch it, it cooks you. Like I, I worked, went too hard last week. I didn't train for like five days because I just couldn't walk properly. So it's, um, yeah, mentally it's been a bit tough, but it is what it is. I've never done an Achilles, but I've done the calf tendon. So I know what you mean with the with a few of the excess. Are you doing a heap of skipping and all that? No, nah, like I can't even do a calf raise yet. Oh, so, so you're still, yeah, yeah still I'm there. Yeah, very, uh, very early, yeah. So it must ramp up late then. Yeah, I, that, that's the thing I'm wrestling with at the moment is like, we, like I can't walk properly. I still got to walk. It, it's bizarre. Like my first bit of rehab, I'd chuck joggers on with heel raises and I'd walk in the pool like in my DTs and my joggers just practicing walking, you know, laps, um, you know, up and back 25 meters each time. So I'm still at that stage where I can't walk properly because you, when you walk, you put three times your body weight through your leg and I can't do a single calf raise or body weight. So it's all about trying to get that strength back, but because it, it takes so long, because it's you've been you haven't done anything for six to eight weeks, so it's you've lost a lot of strength. So that's a frustrating thing because like I literally can't walk properly. I, I got a bit of a limp, and then but then I think as soon as you walk properly, it really accelerates pretty quick. Well, that's what I'm hoping. So yeah, because um, time's getting away a little bit. I, you know, I want to try and get back at the end of the year, but it's going to be really tight with the timeline. Mm. Fuck, it's, um, yeah, well, mate, one thing I will say is I've only just met you, but I've listened to you. You're a very positive man. Like, you got a great attitude towards it. And um, what's it been like being the skipper as well? You know, like going through all this, is it, have you kind of put your focus elsewhere throughout this process? Yeah, trying to, I suppose, do things that keep you, yeah, in a good headspace. Um, yeah, it was the first game I was captain. So it was, it was like such a proud moment for me. I've been in the club for 10 years and I love the storm, obviously. Uh, I'm from Queensland, I'm not from Melbourne, like the majority of players, but um, everyone that is here, you know, you have a real big love for the club of the people and the fans. So such a proud moment, but then obviously such a tough moment. But um, yeah, look, I'm just trying to be around the guys, trying to help out some of the younger forwards and um, at university, trying to do some stuff. So I'm just trying to keep a bit busy, um, trying to do some professional development, work at the club in the commercial space. Um, the rat will try and sell me out later, but like I did a week with Collingwood, you know, just seeing how they work, um, you know, in the football department. So I'm um, trying to keep busy with all that stuff because it is a bit – if you are just doing your Achilles, and I know it's a privilege, you know, that it's my job to get my Achilles better, but it's literally 
if I didn't do anything else, it, that's all I would think about all day. Um, so it's it's good to have other stuff to do. Yeah, it's great that you're active. And one thing that I picked up before you talk about what club does the great man support, <laughs> one thing that I picked up on um, when you did that seven things as a CEO, you wrote, oh. um, you mentioned something about the drive to survive and how the NRL needs that inside or someone should cover a club. I'm a big believer of this as well for for probably the Suns and the Giants, two, two of the teams that have just started. I think that behind the scenes gives everyone a, an insight like no other. How strong are you on that view and, and what can you uh, – do you think you can achieve it? Oh, well – the storm as well because yeah, we'd love to see it's the hard like because we we had they actually brought the guy in who did the test um, for Amazon you know I think everyone's seen how good that was um, and he was there for about three months filming had some great stuff and it was actually the year it was last year so it was pre-season and then the you know Melbourne blew up again so we had to move out we went up to Sunny Coast so it would have been really interesting doco and then you know we won 19 games straight got the equal record in the history of the NRL yeah. and then got bundled out in the prelim you know, by Penrith. So it would have been great, but they, the Storm were a bit funny. They kind of enjoy giving access in, to a certain amount because I think it was meant to be potentially Craig Bellamy's last year. So it was going to be a bit of access, um, but they ended up canning it. They canned it all just because I think they were a bit protective of the IP. So it's an interesting one, you know, when you compare Drive to Survive. I don't think you, it's more the characters of the stories, isn't it, that we love, you know, Gunther and, you know, Ricardo and all these guys, whereas... You know, I think you could still do that in the NRL and AFL, but, you know, I think they're so protective of the inner sanctum and, um, you know, the strategy and IP that, that that's that's your hurdle to get clubs yeah. to incentivize them to go open right up because, you know, there's plenty of those dockers out there, but they're not really that genuine. And I think people see that, I think. That's why the um, the test, because I'm nice with Mitchie Marsh and I've got this this vivid memory of him. He's he's playing the DJ. Do you remember when he's doing the DJ set and he's sitting there and then and then Langer walks in and he starts yeah. playing the cover drive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the boys all go, you. fuck. And like that's exactly what goes on in the locker room. And the access is it's huge. You almost need another lad to be on the camera, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah you do. No one, no one to film, no one's going on. No what's going on, build relationships. And I guess it's all pre-recorded, so it all yeah. get approved by whoever the boss is. So yeah, I like it. Team. I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> Hopefully they, they bring it out in both sports. Yeah, and you did mention uh, did the week with Collingwood, mate. So there's another another uh, bit of AFL kit that you've got got uh, in the wardrobe. So <laughs> there are rumours yeah. around. I reckon I've seen you in five, five different <laughs> AFL kits. <laughs> is so, that true? Yeah, so I reckon we just want to uh, find out who you so, actually do well, support. What's the most underpaid position in AFL? Cause, cause oh, you never know. It was whatever that is. Yeah, that's me, all right? For oh, obviously mate, wherever I was playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. You know, I'm an underpaid, overworked, front rower. Workhorse. You know, blue collar. <laughs> we don't have much coin. And, you know, if someone throws me a, you know, a Collingwood jumper or, or maybe, you know, guard of honour for the Western Bulldogs, you know, I'm going to grab it because it's a great experience. Love my AFL. <laughs> but my heart lies with the Ds, you know. <laughs> And, and people, oh, actually, it's so good we won the premiership, but it's so bad because they go, oh, who do you go for? And I go, oh, I'll go for the Ds. And they go, oh, yeah, you jumped up. Oh. Mate, I got to Melbourne in 2012. You know, this is tanking saga. The bandwagon's empty. No one's on it. I'm on there by myself, all right? I'm doing the hard yards. So don't give me that rubbish. Oh, go the Ds. picked him up from his joint today. He's got two Melbourne demon flags hanging yeah, in the Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, very proud. Very proud. Yeah, you bought him about what, three months ago. What do the, uh, the boys say from the Pies when they see you wearing the Pies kit down <laughs> game day? <laughs> yeah, I got a bit of grief, but um, it, it's actually – the boys at the Storm really love the AFL. We've got a big um, Storm AFL tipping comp. Um, but it's interesting seeing, you know, because obviously we sign a lot of players. We don't – have a lot of Melbourne so it's the timeline guys arrive so we've had you know when I first got the club everyone went for Hawthorne and then it was all all the boys oh yeah go for Richmond Tigers you know I live near Richmond and so we're starting to get a few D's boys come through but it wasn't a popular club to go for but um, it, it's great because we're in Amy Park we train alongside the D's in the gym there and the in the victory and all the rebels are there so it's a great precinct to be to be involved with and they're, they're a great bunch of fellas what were you doing at the club in the commercial team What's no, I was, I was with the footy department, actually. Oh, footy department. It was, um, so Nick Maxwell used to be our leadership coach at the Storm. And then, um, so we've got a good friendship. And I just said to him, oh, you know, do you mind if I come and check it out? And there was a week they played Richmond. Um, so I was sacked after a week because I got towed up. But um, <laughs> it, was so, it was so fascinating. Like, I, I watch AFL. Um, you know, I, I prefer watching AFL than NRL because I can sit there and enjoy it and watch it passively compared to, 
you know, the sport I play, you know, I disagree with half the shit the commentators say because I just feel like they don't really have any idea. Outdated. And it's a bit annoying. Yeah. Um, whereas I love love watching the NFL, but like we were sitting in there and they were strategizing how to try and keep, uh, you know, make Dustin Martin, you, you know, take his impact out of the game. And it was just my brain literally hurt. And I think I'm reasonably smart. I watch a fair bit of AFL, but I, like there's just so much more layers to it. And I think – I think the everyday fan probably doesn't understand that, and probably all all the sports how complex some of this stuff is. It's um, it was a fascinating week. Did you give him a bit of feedback? Because I checked the stats before he had thirty and kicked three. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a big day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't looked. I bought it. Oh, yeah. no, no, was it no. getting hated in the in the box? Yeah, but uh, flies down on the uh, boundary site, so. Uh, Lepich was in there, Brendan Bolton, and, and a few others. How'd they and, communicate? Were they great? Yeah, they were good. It's um, it's interesting, and they've obviously got the analytics guys, and um, there's just so many different levers to pull in AFL compared to NRL. Like, um, we're a bit more of a simple game, you know, one line against the other line. Whereas AFL, I, I probably didn't appreciate how much strategy goes into it all. So, it was great. I thought Craig McRae was awesome. He's um, he's probably more of a, a new age coach. Very positive, trying to develop and build guys up. Where um, my coach in NRL, Craig Bellamy, is a bit more old school, um, and and obviously he loves his players, but it's kind of like a tough love as well. So you need to you need to play well, train well, prepare well, um, you know, or else you're going to be in a bit of trouble. So it was it was really fascinating to see the contrast of the two kind of clubs. Yeah, it's good. Someone did message me prior. They wanted to know what NRL players majority. You've already touched on it at the storm, but what do they think of AFL? If you were to grab all their opinions, is it they all love it or they think it's soft or they? No, nah, no, nah, the, they love it. Yeah, I think the boys genuinely and uh, enjoy the AFL. Um, you know, we like getting the games. I know that um, a few of the boys are quite close to like Bonapelli and um, Dunkley and a few of those. The Dogs boys have you know they've come to a few of the NRL Grand Finals in Sydney that we've that we've played in. So there's um, it was quite like when when they won in 2016, we played in the 2016 NRL Grand Final as well. So we we're all on Mad Monday together. Oh, how good's that? Cheers Tuesday, and <laughs> the dogs are having a party. And uh, you know, we ended up at Crown, I think, till about 5 a.m. So it was that's brilliant. It was just good fun, and they're, they're good fellas. And I think, um, yeah, I th- there's a lot of respect and a lot of appreciation. You know, it's hard not to when you're in Melbourne. Yeah, we're not from Melbourne, obviously. So we coming from a place like Sydney and Brisbane, where there's probably not a huge AFL. You know, obviously it's building and it's a lot, it's getting bigger and bigger, but when you come here, it's pretty hard not to get into AFL. Yeah, spot on. And it's like the other way around. I can't believe this, the, the size of these boys and the tackles and the hits. Some of the, what's the average weight in your in your yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. Well, you get all these all Pacific Islanders, yeah. um, you know, us white front rowers, we're not going to have a job in 10 years. <laughs> we're, we're literally getting run out of the run out of town. But, but when you, it's funny when you talk about it, like, at least when I run the ball, I can see the guys hit me, you know, and people go, oh, how do you do that? That's crazy. But then I look at like AFL and a guy's like back and back. Some guy's going to throw his knee into his head, you know, to try and take a mark or I even went to Tasmania, Sheffield Chair. Well, Benny Mayburn used to be the – he's at the Suns now. He's a welfare manager, but he used to do Tasmania cricket. And I was watching it like – imagine sitting there getting a, a bouncer at your head at oh, 150 yeah. clicks. Yeah. Like I think all sports have some form of courage. It's just what you're used to, I guess. Yeah, it's well put, actually. There's a lot of respect, vice versa, for NRL, cricket, like you said, from, from most AFL players as well. So it's good to get your, your take on that. So what do you got for us, Rat? You're, uh, you're well prepared today, big boy. you got nah, a few things we want to... so. Um, how do you see your time since we met at the Storm? So we were lucky enough to meet, what, you've been there 10 years now? So same time, yeah, both 28. Time. I was lucky enough, I'd gone down and watch a Storm session uh, when I was at the Adelaide Crows, 2015. The rat was banged up. You were injured. I was out with a knee brace on. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the Crows, lucky enough to organise, I think it was through big uh, Anthony Seabold at the time. He was at the club. Yeah, the leadership te- stuff. Yeah. yeah I te- think you were playing. I think you were planning that IDQ camp, weren't you? That great camp of yours. <laughs> the, one, no, the one that we do every yeah, year. That was, that, that was a couple of years later, mate. Oh, but, sorry, um, mate. Yeah, we won't sorry. touch on that. So Is that after the granny? Um, yeah, the so anyway, oh, that back, was back a, to where we were. That was a big story. Back to where we were. So anyway, rocked up the train. I had this big knee brace. So I'm going watch him, watching him go about it. And I'm over there with my crutches just on the side. And to this day, it's probably the only... Oh, he's done a couple, couple of right things, a big fella. But yeah. the only one to come over and shake my hand and say good day. At Storm Training, I, I was pretty sheepish over to the side, but he came over. He hadn't played yet either, so um, 
Yeah, yeah. Showed, showed some balls, a big fella. Come over, say good day, introduce himself. Yeah, well, I saw this kind of little virgin looking fella. <laughs> I'll go say good day to him. He's always doing tough. He's got the brace on. Um, but it's been great. You know, it's nice to hear from him. Obviously, he calls more high profile guys like Munster and tries to talk to them, but then sometimes that doesn't work. So then. I get the Hit call. The big <laughs> hey, on, mate. Yeah. Any tickets? So it's um, got a good relationship. Played a bit of golf, and uh, and obviously I'm from Queensland, so I see the rat and the goldie doing his thing. Um, so it's good. when I get him out of the pav, when he starts sniffing air, the big fella on the dance oh, floor. The pav's a great place, pav's isn't a it? Place, yeah. No, we had we had Melbourne Cup day, didn't we? With all the Suns boys. So what, yeah. yeah what's good. the uh, what's your favourite pub in Melbourne? What's the Storms local? The Storms boys um, local pub. The SB. Yeah. Oh yeah. We love the SB because. Unlike all you AFL fellas, we don't get looked after. So it's hard for 10 of us to get in anywhere. We've got to line up like everyone else. You know, we're not looked after. So, <laughs> But there's weird. Um, Tui Kamakamitha, our big Fijian, um, he's he's built the relationship. So we get in the SP. So happy days. <laughs> Good join over summer. But no, nah, generally um, Swan Street or or Chapel if we're feeling a little bit fancy. Yeah, Chapel's nice. a good place. It's... Um Electric's probably the, yeah. the go-to spot mm-hmm. at the moment. Well, at the moment, um, there's some big things happening, and it's a state of origin. And I want to talk about the state of origin because you've obviously – it's very close to your heart. But what, what, is it, what does it mean to play state of origin footy? Because, you know, AFL, we don't have it. Well, we did have it, yeah. but we don't have it anymore. And it's so, it's so good to watch. We fucking yeah. love it. So, yeah. like, what's it mean to you just to play? Yeah, it's um, – oh, the boys are obviously playing on Wednesday, so it's such a, an emotional – product like in game it just like the it just connects to that whole state versus state and um yeah it's like guys are almost you know coaches are crying when they're delivering the team meetings and talking about how much the jersey means and it's just such a yeah it's hard to explain it's not really and you don't coach it like that you don't because you get the kind of the best players of each state you're not in there strategizing too much you're just kind of harnessing all the energy and 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 making sure everyone's buying in and making sure everyone's, you know, appreciating the history of it all. Um, because Queensland's had a big, bit of success, you know, with the eight straight. But before that, you know, the history of the thing, it's Queenslanders would go down and play in the New South Wales League and be forced to play against their mates and represent New South Wales even though they were from Queensland because that was the only professional league. So that's the history. I think we lost like 20 years straight. So there's a lot of um, pent-up, <laughs> I suppose, hate for New South Wales yeah. and – um, it's just a great product, but it is bizarre. Like, and people say in AFL, oh, let's bring it back. Like, no, there's no way on earth the AFL clubs are going to go. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm paying this bloke 1.1. You can take him for three games right in the middle of our season. You know, he'll miss games for for his club, and you go you go bash him for three games. Like, it's just such a bizarre. I looked at it, and it's there's nowhere in the in the world that does. You know, it's such a unique thing, but I think it's a great thing. It's just so bizarre when you look at it as a sporting competition. You take the top thirty-four players of the whole competition, and you play them in their own little rep comp right in the middle of a domestic competition. It's a bit bit weird, isn't it? Well, yeah, that, you're right. That's why it's so unique, and yeah. it's so good to watch the intensity of a state of origin game versus just your normal game. If the storm, like, how, how many notches are we talking? It goes up, especially game one, because the boys are probably yeah. not as banged up. I, I think, like in NRL, you have um, players you identify as like this guy is he's a good ball carrier, like he's their best carrier, let's look after him, do a good job on him. But in the NR, in, in the state of origin, it's the whole team, like these guys are the best of the best, so there's no there's no rest and obviously um, the skill and the, like it's all about uh, arm wrestles basically, the, you know, winning that territory, the um, basically the ball in play, staying in longer and see who can – Basically, you drag him out to the deep end, see see who can stay stay swimming and stay above water for as long. So it's it's really physical and it's and it's really chews you up. So it's um, yeah, but that's the games you want to play in. There, yeah, it's amazing the intensity of the game. It's definitely um, you know well above a NRL standard game. It's mm. unlike anything I've ever been been to before. Christian was uh, kind enough. <laughs> oh, here we go. He was kind enough to get me some tickets, but I did have to pay for him. So we'll leave that. We'll leave that for another day. It was Game Three decider at Suncorp. Yeah. So yeah, I don't nice. know, but you know, look, yeah, yeah, you know, the big fella. Thank you, get me family, yeah. friends, right? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, me, me, me paying checkers. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he stung me. Let me guess. Right, just popped up like after the boys. Yeah, So anyway, I got some tickets and. um Anyway, take a few boys out to the game. We're driving up from the Goldie. I'm like, boys, yeah, who wants a ticket? Got 
Gotta pay for them though. So only a couple put their hands up. So we're driving out. And um, he goes, You're sitting in the family section. I'm like, Oh, Ripper, I haven't met his mum or dad yet. So I'm driving, I'm Dezo. The boys are getting on the cans and we're, we're walking into the stadium. Joins pumping, Caxon Streets, unlike anything I've ever seen before, going to the game. And um, righto, we're getting there. I'm turning to the boys. I'm like, Boys, righto, I haven't met his parents yet. I don't want them to think I'm too much trouble. Like, on your best behavior, first thing. Oh, there's Christian's old, old fella. Like, seen him in a few photos with the big fella. G'day, mate. Oh, well, if it isn't, Christian's bitch. <laughs> straight up. I'm like, here we are, be all proper. And then his old boys, hit, old yeah, his old boys hit me with that Stalking straight up. Heart. I'm like, I thought he would have been focusing on the game or something. That He's is like, brilliant. Texting his old boy to uh, stitch me up. Yep. And then watching that, mate, that's like, I've, best sporting experience I've been to in Australia. Game three decider, us, state mm. of origin. I'm obviously supporting the big fella, but no bias. It was mm. unbelievable. And for them to win, underdogs, but... Mm. After I did some digging, apparently you're underdogs every year, the Queenslanders. But yeah, but um, no, it was great, and it was so funny sitting with his family. I'm unsure whether anyone has ever showed you how your mum supports when she screams. There's always yeah, most yeah. parents. So I've been to a few games. It's kind of like right at the start of the set. So you obviously get five tackles, right? But like at the start of the set, everyone's kind of chilled out, waiting for the the sexy players to happen on tackle four or five. And the big boy does his best works on tackle like one to three, <laughs> right? See, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm, there, I'm watching, and like it's kind of quiet at the start of the set, and then you just hear, "Fucking go, Christian! <laughs> Fucking hit him hard!" And it's like his mum at this stage, like for ten seconds, every set is like the only one supporting because everyone's waiting for like the winger to score a try. But he's like, he'll run off the line and try to tackle someone. She'll be like, "Fuck." Hit him, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be into him, and everyone's like all settled down, or he'll do something that no one will see, or the people that are just watching him will see. You know, like when you go watch your mate play AFL and you're just watching them, and like he'll rip the ball out, and she'll be like, like look around to see like whether everyone. It was so good to see yeah. whether everyone saw it. It was oh, it was good to see. To have, to have your son play State of Origin. I mean, there wouldn't be many of them. Nah. There wouldn't be many of them. Billy Slater's the coach. What what's he gonna what's he gonna bring um, to the Queensland side? Because you're all from different systems and you've got a week to prepare, it's you can't coach too much. You just gotta, right, boys, what are you guys happy to do strategy wise? Right, you wanna do that? Right, let's do that. As long as we've got a plan, we're we're in we're in good stead. So Slats, he gets all that. Um, he's obviously a great student of the game as well. He's kind of um, you know, I don't like watching NRL, but these like Smithy and um, Slatsy and Cooper, like they watch heaps of footy. They just love it, you know, those guys who just love watching clip after clip. Uh, and so he'll do a great job. They got the old band back together, you know, the old boys, J Jonathan Thurston. Um, so, you know, those guys are from an era where Queensland had a lot of success. So they'll do a great job. So I'm, I'm really excited. What are your predict? What are your predictions? Whitewash, my friend. Let's go three nil. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So they play in Sydney, and then they go to Perth, play at Optus, uh, and then game three is at Suncorp. So. As long as we grab one game in the first two, I reckon yeah, it'll be pretty hard to beat us at Suncorp. I hope it goes to three just for the thrill um, and, and the boys get up. Yeah. What do you reckon, Rat? Yeah, hopefully uh, it gets to three, mate. Decider at Suncorp. A few tickets. Buy a couple more family <laughs> section tickets, mate. I want to ask you a few more questions about your sport. Who's the most impressive athlete you've ever met in your time? Uh, probably Greg Inglis. Yeah. How many He's, years do you have with him? Now he was at South Sydney yeah. by the time I was playing first grade, but he's just such a presence, you know, these and these indigenous players who just have the the understanding of when an opportunity is going to present and they just have that he's just a big game player. Like he's and his body, he's a giant of a man and he just moves so well and so physical. He's just such a such a monster and such a huge body. Huge person, personality. He's, you know, he was back in Melbourne for the Indigenous round, which was awesome to see. Um, but, yeah, he, he's an absolute freak. Yeah, well, he was great to watch. He's a big boy. What, what, how tall is he? Six what? Yeah, I think he'd be like six four, six five, maybe, and he'd probably be, yeah, 110, 112 kilo. Like, and this is for a back. Like, yeah. yeah. And lightning speed as well. Yeah, Quick yeah, yeah. And the big fan, don't argue. <laughs> see ya. Was um, Izzy similar to him when he was going through? Um, yeah, Izzy probably wasn't as big, but yeah, he's, um, yeah, athletically just as good. Just, um, couldn't kick the Sharon real well, could he? How many years do you have at the Giants? I don't know, but the big boy would blow up. <laughs> 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 no, we can't laugh because if we, if we went to your sport, we'd get crunched oh, in half. Yeah, shocking. Mm. How many tackles would you do in, in, in you know, in a week in preseason? 
Oh, so when, when you get your heaviest yeah. workload? Well, that's the thing. We got this. His name's John Donahue's, um, a Brazilian black belt, like um, bad, bad motherfucker. Yeah, he's a bad boy, but he, <laughs> but he also like kind of lets we'll you know he owns you. He's got the, he's got those very like the softest handshake. Just to let you know, like I'm, I'm the big dog. It's kind of reverse psychology. I don't know how it works, but <laughs> he's, he used to be like bouncers at nightclubs in LA and Vegas, and then. You know, Mandela come out here was part of his security entourage. So he's very, um, yeah. Those sessions they're not they're not even really skill based. Like he just literally will, right, boys, we're going to do sumos. So we're going to everyone take your shirt off. There's a we're going to have a line in the middle, and you just run in from ten meters, and you just do whatever you can to knock that guy past that line, and you hold him there, and then he'll call a winner. And then someone else will fly in from 10 meters into that guy who's just done the sumo shirt off, just bucking. And like, it's very, um, it's a bit, you know, animal like kind of like <laughs> primitive, some of the, the drills we do, but it makes you kind of resilient, pretty tough. But um, it's not good when you got all these Samoans and Tongans, 130, 120 kilo monsters who just come in and flying in India. But. It is what it is. Does he put you in your weight groups? Like it's not like Pavanhausen's getting crunched by blocks like you or what? Well, in preseason you have, yeah, forwards all wrestle together, backs all wrestle together, but then on the Saturday, that's the good times to be a forward because you get all these little wingers, little, little, little Pappenhausen, you can have a nice little free feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sitting there for a little bit so yeah. you get your lungs back and then wait. And that's the thing, all the big boys kind of look around, they kind of, everyone knows, you know, you don't go against another big boy, you just go have a feed on a little halfback <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a bit of an unwritten rule, but yeah. <laughs> what other drills would you boys do that we wouldn't know about? Um, yeah, I think the wrestling, that, that's the real nasty sessions. Um, but then, look, look when, when you start in first grade at the Storm, you do a two-week work program. So, um, to make you appreciate, I suppose, the the nature of your job and full-time element. So, for two weeks, you come in and lift weights at um, 5 a.m., uh, you finish by 6 you chuck the high vis on. You go out to a job site, and you're basically some tradies little bitch for all day. You know, for and and then you finish at three or four. Then you drive back to Amy Park, and you train at five thirty, and then you might train for two and a half hours, and you get home probably at nine o'clock, and you do that for two weeks straight. Wow! Um, to make you appreciate, obviously, back in the day, you know, this is what blokes did. They, they'd be on the tools all day, and then they'd have to train. So that really cooks you. And then um, we do the I don't quit camp which um, every year it's kind of like a rite of passage where you do the three-day kind of torture thing where, you know, you don't sleep and, you know, I think the Ds and the Crows did it and stuff. So um, once you do it once, though, you don't have to keep going, which is good. But, um, you know, that that's like the most physically cooked I've ever been. You know, they just see these army commando guys and they, they take you out bush and the first day they just absolutely flog you and then they start, like, mucking around with you. Um, so, like, you'd... They'd, whoever stuffed up, they'd make them do a jigsaw on the ground. You have these metal bars and, you, you know, you got you have to hold the bar above your head until, you know, they finish a 200-piece jigsaw. Oh. Um, and then we'd have like a boxing, a milling comp where you'd f- fight each other. There's no headshots allowed, but, you know, and they'd pick a winner out of that. And then you'd have wrestling in the sand. And then so basically for two days they cook you. And then um, on, the, on the second night they make you do this silent march. And they give you a can of Coke and um, a Mars bar to give you the sugar high and then obviously for you to plummet. That's the point of doing it. So you just lap. Um, we did it for like four hours just walking and you're not allowed to talk. And so while the commandos and that run the camp, Craig Bellamy, the coach, and a bunch of other coach stuff, they're there, but they're like kind of witnesses. So Bell's are the weirdo. He'll be in the bushes at 11 p.m. <laughs> like just watching on this random like track just just trying to see how a guy's responding when he thinks no one's watching him. And then they'd walk you out in the bush and drop you in these little areas like a couple of kilometres apart <laughs> and you have to stand guard and they'd try and sneak up on you, you know, and you haven't slept for two days. And so they'd go they'd, – and, and what you have to say was hole two goes there. And so you start like having – you start tripping out thinking you see staff and people and you just like – and because you've got to stand. And so if you got through to sunrise, they'd come pick you up and then the guys who fell asleep had to form a circle and stand and watch the guys who made it through sleep for an hour on the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just, just like, it yeah, it's outstanding. Uh, and then 
um, you know, and then so whenever you they drove us out to Anglesey, so instead of resting on the bus, you have a journal. You have to write like two hundred words on you know your journey, or whatever, to keep you active and not resting. Um, and they check that like every day. So, and, and it's quite conf- confronting. So halfway through the camp, you have to rank everyone on the camp one to sixteen. You know who's been the best, and so. And they go, you got to be honest. You got to say, you know, a guy on sixteen, you, you're just you're soft. Like you're not you're not good enough. And anyway, we're on the way back on the minibus, and um, thinking, oh, the camp's done. We're three days. We've, we're cooked. And this is so they do it right before the Christmas break. So, you know, like nineteenth, twenty, twenty first of December, and then everyone goes on holidays for two weeks. Um, and so the boys were thinking, oh, we're done here, and we're driving through Port Melbourne. And they got off early, and I'm like, oh shit, what's happening here? So then they got us up against like this old barbed wire um, and it was like we started doing dips like on the barbed wire and we did like up to 80 to like 100 counting them out, one, two, all together. And it started like cutting into our hands and like like really like hurting and then the guys who fell asleep, they brought them out front and they gave them a, a Tim Tam each. <laughs> and then so they're like, right, boys, you hold the, you hold the, um, the position and then while the boys – you got to lick the chocolate off the Tim Tam, but you're not allowed to use your teeth. So <laughs> <laughs> we all got like this barbed wire cutting into our hands and we're spraying these guys going, fucking lick the chocolate quicker than you got it. <laughs> yeah, so it was, um, but it's it's kind of like, it's like a great thing to go through because then basically the whole mantra of the preseason in those camps are anything that happens on the footy field is never as hard as what you've gone through in preseason, and so it's kind of, you know, that that motto: you fall back to what your training is. You don't rise to the occasion; you fall back to what you train. So I think that's a big thing at the Storm. So it's um, it's good to go through those things and and have memories, but you don't want to do it every year. Mate, you've explained that so well. I've just ridden that. That is an unbelievable yeah. story, and uh, I don't think you want to do that twice. Is there anything else that you did on that camp? I mean, I'm just so intrigued by what else they do here. Um, well, the, the first day, yeah, you do, um, think of the IP, man, as well. Think of the IP. Nah, that's already out there. I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So they flog you at Amy Park, but then, so it, it changes so sometimes on, um, they, they walk them out a thousand steps from Amy Park. So like it takes them hours walking along the side of the highway to get out there and then they do the thousand steps. But our one, we didn't, we, we went out to Brighton, but then we got this big rope and it was Friday Arvo. So Nick, you know, all the Christmas party season and everyone's Republic car and pontoon and they're all having drinks and we're walking past in the sand, in the water <laughs> and we, lo- we lose our names. So you don't have names. You refer, so I was uh, red number two. Red number three, red number four, and there was three teams, um, and you kind of work together, and um, and so we're carrying the rope, doing push-ups like face first in the water, and all these people are <laughs> laughing at us, drinking beers, and um, taking the piss out of us. So, yeah, look, it's it's pretty tough, but yeah, as I said, once you get through that, you're you're pretty good. Maybe um, it'd be great like now, now that you've done it, and it's a culture, you know, it's a thing that everyone does. You boys, the older boys, would be going, oh, I can't wait to oh, hear about the, the stories. Yeah. But even just getting the young fellas up, you know, like just giving them a hand because they they give you this big list and it's like, oh, bring your bring your camping mat, um, you know, your sleeping bag, your pillow. It's like, boys, like you don't need to bring any of that. You're not going to be sleeping. Like, but they say to bring it. And even like on the first night, they were out there walking and getting flogged, and then got to about nine o'clock, and they walked us into this cabin. All right, boys, we'll see you at five a.m. You know, have a good sleep. And then, like, obviously everyone's aware, like, we're not going to be sleeping. So I didn't even bother unpack. And, but then the boys, you know, a few of them go, oh, this isn't too bad, actually. And then the, <laughs> they come in, right, I come in, let's go. And then they got us, walked us out into this shrub. And they put, like, they had a speaker in this sh- shrub. And it was, like, making all these, like, cymbal noises and, like, really, like, weird, like, wing, 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 like. <laughs> and it was just blaring. And they were like, right, you can sleep on the grass, but you need to rotate you know, like um, people standing guard. So every 10 minutes you need to change. It was just like, yeah, it just wears you down a bit, but it's a um, good experience to go through once. Was there one, was there any, was, you don't have to name them, but was there one bloke that just could not fucking handle it and your boys had to carry him or what? Oh, you know, some boys, yeah, some boys really struggle. Um, I know the Demons did it and 
I think Christian Salem got knocked out because he dropped a brick on his oh, head. Oh, is that the brick story? Yeah. Uh, that's a really smart move. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he got out of it in yeah. a, you know, in a, in a hey, day's boy, work. Imagine so, that. Just throw this brick at me. Yeah, head, yeah, would you? Mate, chop, give me a chop of that. Like, now, now. <laughs> quick, quick, man. Throw that brick on my head. Don't just punch me in the head and say the brick. But that's the thing. If I've got to call anyone out, so it's a rite of passage. You have to do it at the Melon Storm. But Jerome Hughes has avoided it like yeah, unbelievable hasn't done it because he's either had like surgery and the physio's gone oh we can't touch him he's too soft he either does that or he's either playing rep footy for the Kiwis and he comes back in January so he's literally the only person in the history of our club and he's been here for five six years not as though he's been here one or two years and left um, so calling him out hopefully but then there's a World Cup at the end of this year so he won't do it this year He's figured the system out. Yeah, he's, he knows. He's worked it, yeah. And he's obviously paid off the physios. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. And um, tell us what could have been, mate. He, um, whenever he gets a bit of liquid courage, he, mate, he reckons he, <laughs> he, re- he reckons he got a trial at Essendon in the um, Category B. He reckons Big Dodoro slid into the D. Oh, end. really? I would have been there. Trying to hit him up 30 kilos. I was a bit leaner back in the day. A bit leaner back in the day. Did he go right with the Sharon? Nah, not really. But played a bit of school footy and then come down. And that's that's when all that non-AFL background you know, they had yeah, those, category B rookie. Yeah, yeah, rookie. Yeah, that stuff. So went the big to, weapons. Went out to yeah. Windy Hill and met Big Dodoro. So that's my claim to fame. I tell the boys, not that I could kick anything, but run you a, spend run some, Australia you a spend few some time down there. Well, if footy didn't work, if uh, rugby league didn't work out, I would have. Um, but it's it's come quite good. So I haven't needed to try and make that desperate call. But um, the hybrid, yeah, yeah. The hybrid. Yeah, geez, you'd be a scary man just launching at packs with your knee up at someone's oh. head. I can't run though, and I can't jump. So, just on Craig Bellamy, like, what does he like? As you've given us an insight a little bit, but what does he like as a coach? He's everyone out there wants to know why is he such a great coach? Um, yeah, he just it's all about work ethic for him. Um, and it's like he puts it in. Like, the, I'd hate to be a coach after footy. The amount of clips and reviewing, like the amount of work they do to prepare us and to like preview against the opposition each week, it's so thorough. Like, it's, we're never caught off guard who their best player is, what foot does he step off, what hand does he carry the ball in, you know, does he like to go on the left or the right-hand side. Um, so there's so much detail. I know it probably doesn't look that, but the preparation we get, um, you know, the, we get all these tip sheets, um, you know, it's so thorough. And he's just so committed to that. And um, he's a bit old school, like he's – but he's shown a willingness to, like – really embrace assistant coaches and to, I suppose, modernise with the trends of the game where it's going. He's obviously very defensive orientated, but he's just a good fellow, old school, blue collar, he reckons, even though he's been on plenty. On and he lives in, lives in Middle Park. <laughs> you know, he's been on 1.6 for over a decade. So, <laughs> I, uh, Does he get you around for a feed? Is he like nah, that? I don't think he likes me too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's, he's good for And that's the thing, the boys believe in the system and they buy into it, you know, the little things like the work program. And I think... I think to be like a hard coach like that, you need to have runs on the board. I think if you're not getting results and you are also very hard, I think it'd be hard for the playing group. I think you'd probably wear out pretty quick, but he does a good job. And and I think the amount of assistant coaches that have gone on to be head coaches, I think it's a testament to his, he empowers and, um, you know, all preseason. He kind of just watches. He doesn't really, he doesn't actually coach a whole lot. You know, I think that's where modern sports probably going. It's more the man management. Um, he does like a fair bit of strategy in that coaching, but he very much empowers his assistants, you know. Yeah, it's great. It's good coaching. Who's the um who's the funniest teammate you've got? And why? Funniest teammate. Oof. Um It doesn't have to be the current, maybe past that's past yeah. player. Uh Cooper John's pretty good. Um Munster's good because he's a bit of an idiot. Um yeah, we've had some had some funny guys. What are years. some of the pranks it's, the boys run with yeah, that, you, love, that you love can disclose? Uh, um, some pranks. Um, yeah, so there was one guy who was new and he was late to training and I, I he didn't have my number saved yet, so I, I texted him like as if I was Craig Bellamy going, hey, mate, um, you know, you're late to training. If you, make sure you come into training with a you know, shaved head. You know, no blade. You need to have that sorted for Monday. Got <laughs> 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 <Good> a <old> beauty. <laughs> she was like eighteen. <laughs> Bald. Yeah, Going Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil's right. And he was single as well. He was single, so yeah. probably set it back for a couple months. But, uh, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. I think we had one at the um, one of the ones we introduced was a fine at the club. So when you roll the dice, a fine, or you got to sing a song for for a minute. Oh yeah. Okay. And and the singing a song. 
or if you put the fines, the fine has to be substantial, substantial enough, not too much, but enough for the boys can enjoy their Mad Monday with that money yeah. or the trip away. And generally, if a player is not your marquee player, they're going to pick the song, yeah, and they've yeah. got to do the the minute song. And the boys, the boys yeah. are told not to laugh or just just hold it in for the yeah. minutes. So yeah. The blokes at the front, <laughs> yeah. and you know, like you can't. No one can sing these days. There's probably one or two blokes who can sing, and it is it is like cringeworthy funny. It, yeah. So that's one that I'd I'd advise oh, yeah. to chuck on that roll yeah. of the dice. We, we've got a chili challenge as well, so that's always pretty tough. That they imported like the hottest. Hottest chilies from America and that, and I had to do one. I wasn't well for like four days. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not so, well at the best of times. <laughs> <after that. laughs> I'm, I'm surprised Meow. the coaches don't get onto that. So, oh. yeah. uh, that's great. Well, mate, um, that's pretty much all I've got, right? But we do have our sponsors. We 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 love these segments. You don't come on the uh, on on the show empty-handed, big fella. Oh, here we go. Caps are a big sponsor of the show. Um, the home of headwear. Uh, they they do great things. There's a few there's a few caps here, mate. Oh. Um, I've got a few here. I'm not sure who you support in the NFL. Do you do you actually go for the Jets? Nah, no, oh. no, nah, nah, I don't. Are you a Jets man? Yeah, I am. So I, I saw him wearing the hoodie. I thought, I, to be honest, I was when D Eric Decker was there. I was a Jets yeah. man, and Fitz Magic, who just retired today. Mm. Um, he was. Uh, oh, to be honest, mate, I just love uh, fantasies. Made me. Appreciate the players. Appreciate yeah, okay. the players yeah. and all teams. I love good teams, but got a soft spot for, for the Ravens, um, mainly because of Lamar Jackson. If he got traded, I'd, I'd kind of be mm. a bit flat. Um, yeah, what about you? Who are you supporting? Jets. Jets. Oh, you said that, yeah. yeah. Your yeah. Um, Bears. Bears, which is... Tentatively. You've lost, you've lost your, mate, your main man, Mac. So it's a, Kalu's gone. Justin Fields. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Next year is exciting. I just saw the uh, the golf day actually between uh, the boys. You see that, Brady? I haven't had a look at that yet. How'd it go? Yeah, Brady and Rogers won. But the you know Brady's pretty fucking funny. Really? Mm. He's actually got. He's pretty. I thought he'd be a bit more stiff. But he's pretty good. No, well, I think because he's coming to the end. He's he's yeah. starting up a bit. Yeah, media. It's like it's, it's, it's all getting recorded. He's, you know, let's fucking let's fuck these boys up. First thing he said, you know, on the tee, I'm like, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. expect that yeah, from yeah, Brady. Yeah, he's, like, Whoa, he's got the Brady brand. I think he's he knows it's only got one or two left. So, nah, it was good, good banter. I think Rogers um, sunk a nice putt to finish it, which is good. With the uh, caps, mates, take whatever one you want. Um, the caps moment is the greatest moment in your sporting career so far. So Ooh. if you were to think of one moment that's changed your life a lot, um, there's always a lot of moments, but the one moment, that Caps moment, what would Christian Welsh's oh. Caps moment be? Um, it'd probably have to be 2020. Like, And you talk to people about 2020 and they go, oh, how bad was that? COVID. And I was like, it's literally the best year of my life. We, um, we won the premiership. We were based at Sunny Coast, so we went in Melbourne, but we won the premiership and then we were in... Then we were into the bus into the Gold Coast, so another hub for another three and a half weeks. And, you know, the worst team in history of the Maroons in, in origin. And we ended up winning 2-1 in the, you know, game three, as we spoke about at Suncorp. I think winning the grand final meant the most, had the most significance because I'd played two, uh, lost two, missed out one with my ACL. So that was with the guys that you've grown up with coming through, you know, when you're rookies, you know, 18, 20-year-olds to winning a premiership year, that was probably the most meaning, but then the most surreal moment would have been the game three, you know, as you were saying, Rat, the, at Suncorp, you know, the Sea of Maroon, and it was so bizarre because because we'd been in Sydney the week before, we were still under a 14-day hard quarantine. We were allowed to go to the stadium, so we couldn't mix in, like I couldn't go for a beer at Caxton Street. We actually drove the bus, parked the bus, and we were waving at people having beers on our bus and the, all the Queensland fans. So it was quite bizarre. And then, but there was a bit of a loophole because Byron Bay was considered a clean area. So if we stayed in Queensland, we would have to, um, you know, stay like in isolate for seven days or if we went to Byron, we could run a mark. So <laughs> it was the best off-season trip. We bloody got the team bus, um, you know, it's, I think about 18 guys come to the, we bought this, we uh, rented this big mansion, pools. And we, I'm actually, I couldn't believe no scandal or anything come out of it. It was amazing. Nothing bad happened. The the parties and the, and we almost stole the Origin Shield. We had the Queensland bus drivers up there. It was, um, it was so much fun. But yeah, it was such a great year. Oh, that's brilliant. What a caps moment. It might be one of the greatest we've had. So <laughs> that's great. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. 2020. This is the other one. Oh, Rick's, I love it. Rick's in retirement. Um, hopefully the sun shines down here in Melbourne soon. When you've when you've uh, finished up 
pretty much not just your sporting career, but you know, life after footy, whether it be at the Pies or somewhere else in the uh, football department. Um, where would you love to retire with your Rick's eyewear on Ooh. in the world and why? In the world? I'd love to go live in New York. Yeah. For a couple of years at least. Jets. I think it'd be great. Go to the Jets. Yeah. We're at, a few times. So. Whereabouts in New York? Uh, we stayed in West Village last time, but yeah, I... I just love living in America, I reckon. But I reckon I'll eventually go back to Queensland. Bit of sun up there, eh, Rat? Even though you're pale as, you live in the Gulf. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, mate. Yeah. You'll be there working in the Dolphins head office or something, mate. Yeah, the Fins, yep. Yeah. Your oh, franchise. Out of Camp Hill. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, uh, New York's a great spot. I think I'd be very similar. Um, and then the other thing we always ask is the referral, the ACES referral program. We haven't had much luck with this, but now that you've been on the potty, I always love asking like-minded people who you think would be a great guest, um, lighthearted, Ooh. clearly uh, sharing great insights, but stories, funny stories is what we always love. Who's someone that you know that you definitely could could sew up yeah. and even join you and I and Rat on the next potty? I think, yeah, the two biggest personalities, I don't know, you more AFL, but I think you'd have to get maybe the cheese, Brandon Smith or um, Karen Munster, I think. Well, we floated that getting you and money on yeah. because then you could tell stories of him and he could tell stories of you uh, instead yeah, of you stitching yeah. yourself up. He's a changed but. man though, so he's um, he's come good. He's come good. Yeah. Well, that'd be great if we can get the great man on out yeah, of two. Cheese is- uh, Yeah, get them, get them both on. Is cheese best on for the celebrations? Yes, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They had their little, obviously, scandal. But um, so months there's no value anymore. He doesn't really drink and he's a bit of a homebody, which is good, man. He's very yeah, happy. He's been great but, um, money. Yeah. The cheese still carries the flag. Cheese is still cheese. Yeah. Yep. Oh, we love that. Well, hopefully we see the boys on the potty. Mate, thanks so much for uh, your time. Wishing you nothing but um, the best with your, you know, with your rehabilitation with that leg. And yeah. Um, yeah, go the Maroons and, yeah, looking forward to seeing you back out there with the Storm. You'll be back out there, mate. It'll return quickly. Like we said, yeah. it's like a it's like a couple of those stocks that are on, right? They sit there like, <laughs> it's tough, it's tough <laughs> going then. <laughs> You're going to, the to the moon, mate. To, to the, the moon. moon. So, yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Good to be here, my man. Thank I'm you. Yours. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at Osmerican Aces. If you're entertained, inspired, or feel more educated, please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support. Righto, catch you on the next one.